the internal operations that are necessary for external success in fundraising. Hi, I'm Bill Stajakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Allison Wilner. Allison is a senior vice president with CCS Fundraising, one of the nation's leading fundraising and nonprofit management consulting firms. And Allison, thanks so much for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Great to be with you today. We're talking about internal operations and the importance of the donor database, all based on a report, the Philanthropy Pulse Report, published by CCS Fundraising early in 2023. But Allison, before we get to the findings of the study, you really geek out on internal operations and the donor database. You have quite a fascinating story that's led you to this point of national expertise. Help our audience understand your background in this regard. First of all, guilty as charged. Uh, so I developed a love for uh, database operations starting at the very beginning of my nonprofit career in the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Metro New York and Western New York, uh, where I started as a frontline fundraiser, um, but quickly became enamored with the mechanics of how fundraising works and moved into a strategy and operations role. Then when I came to CCS, um, I found that in now lead our systems and change management practice focused on the human side of systems and all of the coordinated efforts through people processes and technology that make fundraising happen. And the Philanthropy Pulse Report really backed up your own personal expertise and professional passion around this important aspect of fundraising. There are so many good findings, and we really encourage our audience to uh, really obtain this free report from CCS Fundraising called Philanthropy Pulse, came out in early 2023. Allison, what were some of those broader findings that then led to the importance of internal operations? So first and foremost, we heard loud and clear that regardless of organization size or budget, fundraising revenue grew across the board in 2021, with more than six of 10 organizations reporting increasing in their new donors, um, but only 36% of respondents retaining the majority of their new donors from the previous fiscal year. And so this speaks to uh, the fact that while there are those new supporters coming in, there's maybe a challenge in ensuring that they give year over year. And so digging further into that data, we saw that organizations that invested in staff as well as optimized their donor database for relationship building were able to show increased donor retention and also increased giving over time. And one of the things I loved about this report, and again, when we look at research, we look at data, since we're in the social sciences, there's never just one study that proves everything. You look at the synthesis across many different reports, and you look at Giving USA, you look at the data from the Fundraising Effectiveness Project, you look at this report, a lot of consistency in the data in terms of the dollars given and relationships with donors and donor retention. But also with this study in particular, this finding really jumped out about the importance of internal operations and the importance of the donor database. Allison, can you unpack that a little bit more for us, please? Absolutely. Um, and so while uh, we saw um, in the data uh, findings that were very reflective of um, what we're hearing day to day on the ground and working with our clients, um, unpacking that to say any organizations that are unsatisfied with their donor database, those that kind of raised the flag on the survey, uh, we found that the root cause of that was inconsistent, inaccurate, or incomplete data. And so uh, two-thirds of those um, who were unsatisfied flagged those as the cause. And so this speaks to maybe less of a technology issue, but more of uh, this nonprofit data gap where there is this widening range between the promise of technology and then how we're really using it to build relationships and raise money. We also found, this is kind of fascinating, that those who 
um, were more satisfied with their donor database uh, were investing in things like training um, or even in third-party uh, support through consultants um, to help uh, make sure that the way that they were using their database was reflective of the fundraising experience. Um, and so there is a lot beyond the technology itself that determines how effectively you're able to leverage it for philanthropic purposes. There's a saying that information is the currency of a free society, that information is the currency of free association. You can say information is the currency of fundraising. We need that good, accurate information uh, gathered by people stored in proper technology, donor databases. Allison, why is there this gap? Is there a, a lack of knowledge and understanding of the importance of the information and data? Or are fundraisers and nonprofits aware of the importance, but for any reason, unable to invest? So um, given that operations have historically not um, been a, a priority for investment uh, with the need to show programmatic growth and uh, the impact of, of that work, it's not surprising um, that we see some challenges in you know, data being able to be leveraged to the degree that a for-profit company like your Amazon or your Netflix are able to do so. Um, but we are seeing uh, that a lot of the organizations who are even investing in top-of-the-line technology or best-in-breed uh, software, um, there's a challenge just through organic growth of making sure that all your systems are talking to each other, that everyone knows how these systems are intended to reflect their work and make their jobs easier, um, and really be less of just tools, but also um, factors of enablement that allow you to do more and better things um, through a relationship-driven standpoint. So the main driver of this nonprofit data gap um, is the fact that there are organizations that are investing in technology and even the top of the line technology, um, but maybe don't have that clear plan for how technology can really be used to enable better relationship building, because at the end of the day, this is a relationship business. And so when we look at the 56% of respondents who are satisfied with their database, it's because there are clear protocols for data management. They've made greater investments in training systems or external support. So it's all of that operational connective tissue around the tools themselves that determine how effectively they can be uh, true partners to our frontline fundraisers in finding the right people and connecting them with the right opportunities. And so if I'm understanding you correctly, nonprofits need a plan for this. You don't just buy the donor database and have it run on its own. And I know, by the way, as an aside, CCS is giving us good information about how AI is being used in fundraising, including with our donor database. But it sounds like the humans still need to have a plan as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. We're still pretty important to the process as much as uh, uh, media today may, may make it seem like we're not. Because um, at the end of the day, if we think about it, it's about access, trust, and consistency, where can I get what I need from my database when I need it? Can I trust the information that I have is accurate without needing a lot of further validation? Are the shared fields in your database used similarly by every department? Being able to answer those questions and really pinpointing what it is we need from a tool versus letting that kind of be dictated for us based on how it's supposed to be used kind of shifts the balance to be more about the relationship and how we can leverage everything around us to make that stronger. Yeah, Allison, I want to ask you to combine your own professional experience as a fundraiser, your work advising nonprofit organizations, uh, informed and supported by this Philanthropy Pulse report. How important is the person in the seat with the donor database compared with those folks doing the fundraising? 
out on the front lines because the folks out on the front lines so important so essential meeting with the donors meeting with the foundations and corporations understanding planned giving and understanding how to write the fundraising letter all those very important skills how would you describe the importance of the person or people in that seat gathering inputting analyzing and helping the frontline fundraisers understand that donor information it's tremendously important. And also just to speak to the relationship between the frontline teams and the back office, it's it's never been more essential that that be a true thought partnership where the folks who are behind the scenes helping to make sure the database is configured in the right way, um, that all the information that is gleaned through the frontline conversations are correctly represented um, and accessible to those frontline fundraisers. That can only be achieved through ongoing consistent partnership and dialogue with the team out there in the field. And so we're seeing that role um, evolve from being more of a um, just a data focused role um, to being one that is really uh, done best in close collaboration uh, and with a fundraising mindset to ensure that we're not doing anything that doesn't actually benefit that relationship just for the sake of having more data. You know, when we talk about data, when we talk about access to data, there's this issue of data privacy. What are some of the ethical issues associated with making sure the donor's privacy is protected and that the nonprofit is handling that data, you know, so carefully? You know, donors will tell us some very personal, intimate information. What are some of the ethical issues that we want to make sure nonprofits have, have addressed? Yeah, so this is, it's a tremendous responsibility um, to be uh, using the data that we have in a, a, an ethical way that um, is respectful of the information that we have. I mean, if you think about information representing people and moments and experiences, um, that's how seriously we should be taking it. And so with that, um, there is uh, a real need to say, if I'm gathering information, is it clear to myself and do I feel comfortable representing to the donor how I'm going to use that data? And if we don't have that process really thoughtfully mapped out and blocked off, then maybe we shouldn't be asking for that information at all. Uh, especially when we think about the greater uh, sometimes demand um, or, or requesting of uh, biographical or personal information or in the, the grateful patient healthcare space, uh, maybe even PHI or PII, um, we need to really be intentional about what we collect, what we retain, and making sure that internally we have the right policies and procedures for where it goes, how we transfer it, limiting the number of people who can access it, um, and this is this could be a whole hour long conversation on its own, but it's definitely something to be equally intentional about, given that um, the more data that we can easily access just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah, there's a lot of good protections that need to be put in place as part of that planning, as Allison has emphasized, it's not just the tool itself. We need to plan on how we're going to use that tool and use that information internally and externally to inform our frontline fundraisers. So, Allison, there are people that are listening to this podcast and they're saying, yes, I get it. Uh, I understand. How do I get started? How do I, if I'm the chief development officer, how do I lead up to my CEO? If I'm my uh, fundraiser or CEO, how do I lead up to my board to start making investments in this internal infrastructure in terms of people, in terms of donor databases, other technology, other procedures? If the board has this kind of urgency or the CEO says we need to hit this year's annual fund, knowing that the investments we may make on the internal side might take a little while, maybe 12 to 24 months, 
to you know really establish some strong ROI. So what advice do you have for nonprofit organizations to either get started or to build upon the internal infrastructure that they have? So I would advise starting by asking yourself, what stories do I want to be able to tell with data that I can't tell today? What questions do I want to be able to confidently answer to know where to further invest, what to keep doing, what to stop doing, and how to build stronger relationships? You then use that to back into the data points you need your team to manage and determine what you need to be entering and updating when and who needs to be doing it in order for you to confidently tell those stories to the board, to your supporters, to um, those who are uh, benefiting from your mission. And that will allow you to really narrow down your focus and determine what kind of investments you need to be made, making up front in order to have a culture of data where everyone is really continuing to contribute to this broad, transparent perspective. Um, that will allow you to build a set of foundational reports and dashboards that can begin to answer those questions so you can begin to have a conversation that is data informed and overall begin to then steer into uh, a reality where data is part of your everyday. Alton, I, I just agree with you a thousand percent to my own fundraising career, nonprofit leadership career. I led a nonprofit for 17 years. We started with zero fundraisers. 17 years later, we had five on our fundraising team. And each time I went to the board and I said, here's the success we're having. And here's all the work we're not getting to. Here are all the donors we're not able to talk to. And by the way, I used to remember everything about all the donors, but we're a lot bigger now. So, you know, we need to write this down in a very formalized way in a donor database uh, that is uh, highly accessible and then eventually hire somebody to do nothing but run that donor database. And then we had a plan. If we make this investment, we think over this amount of time, we not only will break even, but that investment will pay for itself. And fortunately, we were able to do that. So really pointing out not just to have it, because Bill and Allison said so, because the fundraising school and CCS fundraising said so, but to really demonstrate the gains that you can make uh, by having those people in place, thinking about that, having that plan, those procedures, and of course, the right technology tools to help you accomplish that work. And again, this report gives you the data that shows nonprofits that do that. And Allison, it's not too broad of a point to say nonprofits that do that tend to do better in fundraising, right? Absolutely. And I think also with the increasing sophistication of data and analytics in the for-profit space, the donor experience is changing and those expectations are rising. And so to be able to meet donors where they are, have these facts and figures accessible and at your fingertips um, is a main way of building trust in today's society. And so um, it's never been more important to be able to leverage your donor database for that relationship building and investing in doing just that has some of the highest returns that you can think of. Well, Allison Wilner is a senior vice president at CCS Fundraising, and I know my audience joins me, Allison, in being grateful that your uh, skill in frontline fundraising translated to also a passion for the internal needs, uh, the operational needs for effective fundraising, which is why you're a senior leader at CCS Fundraising, which has published this report, Philanthropy Pulse. Just go to CCS Fundraising's website. You can obtain it for free. A lot of good data in this and the other reports that they put out. Uh, and similar with the research, of course, from the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which is the home of the fundraising school. Our alumni meet or exceed their fundraising goals at a rate higher than the national average. We're convinced the reason is wherever possible, our curriculum is research-based. 
is data-based. And this is in our 22 courses that can lead to four different certificates. We have custom training. These courses of custom training are in person uh, or online, either online recorded or online live in the United States and anywhere across the world. We have quarterly webinars and of course these free podcasts. Our website is philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm grateful for our guests today, Allison Wilner. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.